0: Hi, and welcome to the Fem Factor Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Laura
1: and Dr. Nicole. This is a place for women just like you desiring to learn, be inspired and find community. We'll be discussing everything from health, longevity and aging to mindset, high performance and cycle syncing to intuition and healing physically, emotionally and spiritually all from a lens that is based both upon the latest
0: health research and feminine energetics. Blending equal parts scientific evidence and inner wisdom, we invite you to elevate your biology,
1: empower your intuition, and embody your magic. Welcome back to the Femme Factor podcast. Laura and I are so excited to have Dr. Kristen Markle with us. Today, Kristen and I met through a mastermind, and I don't know about you, Kristen, but for me, it was basically love at first sight. We talked about so many things: functional medicine, nutrition, um, cycles, perimenopause, menopause. Dr. Kristen is a ex is an expert in hormone um, health and sexual wellness. In um, just really women's health all around. And we are just so, so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for
2: having me. And I second that sentiment. I think, yes, we could have, we could probably like discuss all those things for hours and hours every day. And it's always fun to meet up with someone who has that same passion for caring for women.
0: You know, so- Kristen, I would love to know whenever I see a a doctor who has a history being in conventional medicine, who has kind of, you know, transitioned into this more integrative model, I'd love if you could share a little bit more about your story of kind of switching gears and moving from one side to the other and kind of what that looks like for you.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a typical question, right? Like, how did you get here? Um, so I practiced uh, conventional OBGYN for over 10 years, and at the end of that time, I started experiencing some symptoms that eventually I realized after some exploration were burnout symptoms, and, you know, I went and saw my doctor, my providers, and and they took excellent care of me, and everything appeared normal, Um, but... I was still having these symptoms that were, you know, not normal, were impairing my life. And, um, so being an Enneagram five and just a curious, you know, uh, investigator, I started diving into, okay, how, what are some other things that I can do to explore what's going on here and start supporting myself in a different way. And that's when I came upon integrative medicine. And um I started, you know, initially just adding in practices and noticing, oh yeah, these, these are really powerful. I'm feeling so much better. Um, and so that led to an integrative medicine fellowship and then training in functional medicine. And I would bring these practices to my patients and you know, say, Hey, why don't you consider this? And not only did I find that they were so helpful for them, but also that people were already using them, right. They were, you know, sometimes not saying things because they felt like, Oh, I don't know if I should tell my doctor this. And so once I opened that door, people, um, I feel like the connection, the sharing, you know, increased, and that was so helpful not only for our connection as, you know, a team for their care, but also for their health. Um, And so fast forward, um, that's how I came into starting my own practice and starting uh, programs. I I basically took all the things that I learned from conventional medicine that um, have been really helpful and supportive and brought it into integrative practices and functional medicine practices and the foundational tenets that supported me through my, you know, path back from burnout and put it in um, my signature program, which is, is wild wellbeing. Um, And, you know, it sounds like a long story, but But it it seems like a blip, too. And um I think when you ask people within the integrative and functional medicine space, a lot of people have a similar story of, you know, you know diving in and 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 becoming kind of uh, obsessed and also excited about other practices that are so helpful.
1: Yeah, well, we're not obsessed with any of that here. <laughs> So I think you're in the wrong spot. Just kidding. That's right. all we obsess. About. I know, right? So I have uh two questions for you. One um is a little bit selfish, but I think it's gonna help our listeners. Laura probably already knows this, but you talk about functional and integrative medicine. I guess mm-hmm. I've always seen and used those kind of um Uh, as one in the same, but Mm -hmm. can you explain if there is an actual difference between integrative medicine and functional medicine? And then I would love to know more about um, these burnout symptoms that you have for people to look out for. And then, um, you know, what were some, and maybe you're seeing this with your patients right now. um, And some of the things that are helping them, maybe some mm-hmm. quick things, and then maybe some more long-term things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So definitely integrative medicine, functional medicine. I think there's, um, you could probably ask a diff- every person like what they thought about it, and you might get some different answers. And the way that I look at it is when I think about integrative medicine, I'm thinking about all of the types of medicine that can kind of fit under this umbrella and it can include functional medicine practices. It can include conventional medicine practices. Um, and in my training with integrative medicine, there were pieces of functional medicine included, which, which can sometimes look like, um, you know, lifestyle practices and um, stress response support, and uh, but we didn't dive so deeply into some of the really helpful tests that you may see with functional medicine, right? Um, in integrative medicine, we we look at not only conventional medicine practices, but also, you know, nutrition and mind body and um, herbs and supplements and um, and a lot of those you're gonna see in functional medicine. So there is such a, a a bit of an overlap that does make it hard to be like, this is where it starts and this is where it ends. Um, and so that's why a lot of times I just kind of say, well, i I have trained and practice in both because sometimes you're you're not really gonna find the edge of it. <laughs> does that answer? The question.
0: <laughs> such a such a good point. I have this dream that one day integrative medicine will just be called medicine. Like that's right. just the standard of practice. It doesn't have to be this like, oh, that's that's another thing. That's like right. alternative stuff. Like, no, this should probably just be our, our gold standard looking at everything that all of these, all of these different options that we have right.
2: from, you know, all of these different arenas. <laughs> Exactly. And even self-care, right. You know, because I, I try to remind people that your self-care is your health care. So, you know, and it's powerful and what you're doing at home is, is so important to your health that when you come in to see me, I mean, it's like, you know, a short amount of time, definitely longer than conventional medicine visits, but, um, but it's such a short amount of time that, uh, what you're out doing on an everyday basis is really how you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. Um, next question. So moving on to symptoms of burnout, um, you know, the most common symptoms that I see are going to be physically related to like fatigue. Um, you know, sometimes people will have aches and pains, um, depending on how, um, how much their stress response has been affected. Um, Sometimes people are having headaches. Sometimes people are having changes in like mental fogginess, making decisions, forgetting things. Um, Some people are getting sick more frequently, um, feeling, you know, some of that, like, sometimes people will come in and say, I just feel a lot of resentment for taking care of other people. I, I don't want to go and, and do the things that I know I love to do. And um, so there's kind of an overlap of physical and mental and emotional symptoms that may pop up with it and they can overlap with other things. So that's why, you know, as a physician, I I don't want to give everybody a, this diagnosis I want to explore and say, well, let's make sure there's not other things that are that are factoring into this. Um, from like a short-term standpoint of what can be helpful, you know, I always start with like, let's check in and see how much energy you have for the things that you're doing. Right. You know, a lot of times people are like, I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I have so much to do. And, and, you know, sometimes burnout is the first point of telling us like, Hey, this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. And so the first thing I do is have people check in and say, what is my energy level? How do I need to, you know, give some of these things to other people? What is 100% necessary for me to do? And, and then we start working on kind of building that energy back up. And, and that looks different for everybody, right? Because if I've got someone who is like, you know, their energy bucket is like, they've got this much at the bottom then the last thing they need is for me to be like, here's a thousand things for you to do to improve your energy level. Um, So, (laughs) and we start at, okay, what's, you know, what is something that's going to give you a lot of bang for your buck of like, let's start giving you more support and energy. And I also bring in, very simple, fun things. Like let's celebrate some things. Let's celebrate some things, you know, even the smallest, tiniest things. Let's laugh. Let's look at the memes. Let's, let's do something that just like brings back some happiness into your life. Because typically with burnout, people are having some of those emotional and mental, um, symptoms that, you know, just are feeling like, when am I going to get out of this? You know? Um, another thing that I think is really important is finding your people, right? Finding those people that support you, believe you. um, And that may look different for everybody could be a group of friends could be a therapist could be, um, you know, a family member. So that's where I start with like short term things like, let's, Let's start there. And then long-term it really just depends on the person and what we find through testing. You know, it could be that they need some hormonal support and we're going to look at based on their desires and preferences, like how can we, you know, maybe support through some herbal um, options or do you need some hormonal support prescription wise or, um, you know what is going on in your life that is depleting this and how can we work incrementally to transition to something that feels so much more regenerative to you and not like it's just sucking that energy out of you
1: yeah brings me back to grad school really and um this biopsychosocial framework mm-hmm. Um, That we probably don't use very often or or we think of, but isn't used just in common in general. And so I'm thinking like, when's the last time I went to see my primary care physician and they're like, well, what are you doing for your happiness? No, it's (laughs) like, you're not dying. So you're okay. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's so much more. And so I feel like this is really so exciting that we have conventional physicians who are now really bringing this into their everyday practice and talking about our mental and psychological states are talking about our feelings and emotional states, as well as like, oh, you hear labs look like this and here's what we may need, whether it's prescription or herbs or whatever that Mm -hmm. treatment or therapy may be. And so I'm just really so excited to hear this.
2: You know, and it kind of goes back to what I call value-based living because for me and this, you know, me speaking personally, it's just easier for me to get on board with things that really matter, you know, like, because in any sort of change, right. There's going to be some friction. Um, sometimes it's lower and, and we focus, you know, I focus a lot on like, how can we turn that friction down a little bit, um, or a lot, but if, if I know that I'm moving towards something that I really deeply care about, and that brings me joy and supports my vision and my purpose in life and all the people that I love in that process, then, you know, in the tough times, I can go back to that and say like, okay, we've, we've got this, this is, or like, mm, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. Versus like, like you said, okay, you're not dying.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I feel like right now in the current, current time, we're seeing these skyrocketing rates of physicians experiencing burnout, which Mm -hmm. of course, everything with, you know, COVID amplified that. I think it was going on before that. And what I love how, how you went into in this discussion around how you work through burnout with clients is you said first in the short term, we talk about just like laughing and celebrating and like reconnecting to a sense of joy whereas long term yes we know that there's some some physical things that we generally need to support and fix and i think that is such a, a lovely parallel to what what really happens with burnout you know early stages of burnout a lot of people can push themselves through physically, especially driven women, like a lot of our yeah. audience, yeah. but it, it starts with this sense of, you know, at, at its core burnout is kind of like, it's a disconnect, right. From your mission, your passions, mm-hmm. your your emotions, your joy. And then over time, we only start to pay attention when it impacts our physical health when we get the fatigue, when we get the chronic illnesses, that sort of thing. So in your approach to helping women move through it, I just think it's really lovely that you're like, Hey, first and foremost, let's reconnect to like, what what do we need at our core? What makes us happy? Like, how are we celebrating us? And then yes, of course, long-term let's kind of fix that underlying physiology. I think sometimes people immediately think, oh my gosh, I'm burnt out. Like, give me all the vitamins, give me all of this mm-hmm. so I can get back to doing what I was doing before and completely missing that piece that actually led them there in, in the first place.
2: Exactly. Yes. Um, and the other thing that I would would say there is it's I think burnout, like you said, just in relation to values and purpose, it's, it's kind of a big heads up of like, how has that shifted? Right. Um, Especially with driven women, uh, you know, looking at what has shifted in this that needs my attention. And again, not to place this on on the person, because there's definitely systems that are contributing to this, uh, significantly, but my goal is always to help women, uh, live into that joy and live into that purpose. And, um, like you said, sometimes we're not checking in until it becomes that physical, you know, big giant symptom. And what can we do to bring those embodiment practices back in where we're, we're really going in and checking in before it becomes, uh, you know, this, like now I'm having, you know, anxiety attacks or dysregulation of my nervous system. Yeah.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about values and how you help your patients like figure out what their top values are and then working within those and how those may shift depending on maybe you're in your thirties and -hmm. your career building or having a family versus maybe in your forties or early fifties, starting to go through perimenopause and midlife, maybe empty nesting retirement or career changes. Um, I feel like those shifts are a lot of what we are hearing from guests and just clients we work with and, um, so forth.
2: Oh, yeah. So, you know, in my in my program, one of the first things that people do is, is they take a quiz, right? And um, it's online. It's called Values in Action. I think viacharacter.org. And, you know, I'm always curious to see what the first 10 are, right, of, of their values. Um, because as we're moving through, you know, the program and I can always kind of look back and be like, okay, yeah, your top one is humor. That one's low on my list. So sometimes I forget about it. Um, so <laughs> um, so I want to make sure that we're incorporating, um, incorporating your values in there. And I always remind people it's going to shift, right? Like we make all these plans, especially as driven, like uh, women, we make these plans, but 10 years down the road you can prepare all you want, but until you're in it, you may not know like exactly what it's going to look like. Right. And so I encourage people to do the quiz at least once a year and, um, you know, really kind of check in to like how these values are showing up for you in your life. Right. And especially with burnout, if, if one of your top 10 values is showing up nowhere and then I say, let's look at this. Like, how can we bring a tiny piece of this in, a big piece of this in? Where would it fit easily? Because if it's that important to you, then to have it absent is just gonna be a disconnect. Um, It's, you know, one of my passions is supporting women through transitions of life. And because of my training, you know, it tends to be, People kind of think of it sometimes related to hormones, right? Like, you know, even adolescence and um, you know, people maybe um supporting fertility or postpartum or perimenopause or menopause. Um, and within all of those hormonal shifts, there's such significant transitions, right? Like you mentioned, you know, kids going off to college or retiring, or, you know, some of these things that are not necessarily related to hormones but the hormones are playing into how we navigate that transition, right? And my my big, like, if I could tell all your friends, right, is that these transitions need different types of support. And to look at people in other seasons of life and be like, well, she's doing it like that and it seems fine. It, it just really takes away from honoring what we need in this season, and maybe it looks different than any other season. And maybe your season, while you are experiencing perimenopause, you're also you also may have small kids and maybe you're caring for your adult, um, you know, parents or people in your life. I mean, that is a lot. And so support is going to look different for you than say someone who is navigating perimenopause, menopause transition and their kids are out of the house and maybe, you know, their, their parents are not, uh, in a place that they need significant care. Um, so it's really important for me to shine a light on that for people to, to remind them what they are doing and how that may look different for them. And that's okay. You know, permission is granted, you know, almost every visit I hope, and lots of grace of like, please recognize what you're doing here. Right. Um, and then how can we support with these changes, right? These, these transitions that are also happening hormonally. I, I love that point of, I'm trying to think of the right phrase, not
0: put your blinders on, but it's almost like having tunnel vision when it comes to your own life situation around that. I think it is really common for women to look at the other women around them and kind of do a little comparison Mm -hmm. like how is she being able to do this why does this diet work for her and not for me and instead really being able to just look inward instead of outward at everyone else and, and kind of have that helpful reminder from a guide like you that Hey, like, yes, you're in this phase of your life as a woman, but here is here is your life. Here's all the other things we have to look at. Like you're you're so much more than just your biology, right? We're also our environment, we're our relationships, mm-hmm. we are yeah. we are our community, and i I think that is such a gift that you give to women because I don't think we hear that enough all of the time. Yeah. Uh, we kind of have these these insane standards we hold ourselves to, but also that other right. people expect us just to to do everything just like everyone else. And we, we really do have such unique lives, you know, outside of our body, let alone inside of our body. So that's such a beautiful reminder that when you, when you're looking around and thinking, why is it not working for me? That's, that's such a great nudge to say, you know, you're kind of looking the wrong direction. It's time to, it's time to look inward and and think about what you really need. Right. Yes. Mm, Thank you. Sorry, I have one other question to add to that, because I I think this is something that a lot of our listeners will resonate for. And I know it's something that I have kind of had to navigate on my own journey with starting to live more in alignment with my cycle, considering those things. When you are very driven, you're used to setting the goals and like powering through and and hitting them. There's almost a little bit of, I want to say fear and hesitation around, having to start to, to look at these other areas of life. Like what are my values? Am I living in alignment with those? Do I need to slow down and spend a season learning about my body and how to support it? And I'm, Mm -hmm. I am so happy I've done that, but it's a constant theme that I see, especially in driven high achievers that there there's a fear if they slow down, if they take that pause that it's going to somehow impact their trajectory, whether it's in their career, whether it's towards their personal goals, towards their health goals. You know, it's like, give me more, give me now. I want this done yesterday. Mm -hmm. So when when you see patients who maybe are experiencing that, do you have a a tip or a, a grounding prompt to kind of help them start to shift the way they're looking at it and kind of understanding the, the power that's in that pause by by yeah. intentionally slowing down how it will help them actually
2: accelerate even more if they start to, to do that. Yeah. I love that you said power of the pause, because I think that is huge. Um, you know, and I'm trying to prevent people from burning out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, you know, um, I think what what I try to do is look at who's in front of me and where they are. Right. And, you know, my thoughts in relation to learning about your cycle, learning about what you need, not only in different seasons of life, but also like where you are in your menstrual cycle, um, is that it doesn't have to be done all in a month. Right. Like, We've got time to kind of see what comes in and see what's supportive. And we don't have to learn this all. <laughs> um, you know, I would love it if we all learn this in our teams because then, you know, it just becomes such second nature. You don't, you don't like have to be like, okay, where am I? You can just look on your calendar and be like, oh, luteal phase, okay. You do a check-in, what's my energy level today? Okay, I can add this in. Or if I add this in, I know I'm gonna need a little bit of a rest and recovery. Sometimes what I'll do with um, my driven, ambitious um, type A recovering people like me um, is I'll remind them about athletes, like Olympic athletes, right? And how when they are training, They know now that if they don't get that rest, they're actually not going to be as effective with, you know, the race that they're running or, you know, the swimming event, you know, whatever it is that they are, uh, setting their sights on and their goals on. And funnily enough, we have these, you know, we have heart rate variability where we can look and see like, am I pushing it too much? And that's what the athletes use. And so I remind them that rest and taking the energy level down is actually part of getting to what they want. And it's almost an unlearning of the story of like, no, if I just keep pushing it, if I just keep pushing it. And it's, it's a difficult unlearning sometimes because it has worked for some people. but. In the long term, it's it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, and I think it can lead to burnout because we're not bringing in those pauses, those moments to enjoy pleasure and joy. We're just like you know, you know, pedal to the metal. Like this is the sights, and and there's no stopping me, and almost tunnel vision in like the way that doesn't allow us to bring in those moments that make life feel really good and delicious. And I also feel good when I achieve a goal that feels good to me too, right? Dopamine hit, but, um, but we also wanna do it in a way that keeps that nervous system happy and supported so that we don't feel like we're, you know, go, go, going. And then we need to like collapse for three days to like, okay, we'll do it again. Right. And, and, and so it isn't unlearning and sometimes it takes a little bit of time. So, uh, the way that I do it is we we talk about like, let's just check in with our cycle. Let's just check in on like energy levels. Let's check in on what kind of movement practice we want to do at this point. Um, can always do something for a month and just kind of see what you're noticing. Right. And then we can, we can keep the things that work and we can move the things out that don't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. Um, I always say as a scientist, it's like an equals one experiment, right. right? And so we have all the studies and averages and data from, you know, thousands of epidemiological studies or whatever, but none of that matters if we don't know what this N equals one, or you are your own experiment bio individuality. And so learning also like that pause might be resting for a couple days after a push, or it might be resting every hour for two minutes of just like A check in, you know, Mm -hmm. do I have to pee? Do I need some water? Do I need to just breathe, take a few deep breaths for 30 seconds? And so, depending on who we are, how our personality, what we have going on, like knowing and having that permission to be like, okay, my pause just needs to be this smaller amount to keep me going through the day, or I really need to take a day or a vacation or an overhaul of my entire being, um, to see what's needed. And, and like Laura had mentioned, and you mentioned like that can be really scary and Mm -hmm. uncertain and unfamiliar. And we all know, like sometimes being in the comfort of our, what's familiar, even though it's not good for Mm -hmm. us is, the choice we make as opposed to stepping out into that uncertainty because we don't know what's there. And there is that fear of, you know, falling behind or yeah. maybe discovering something that we just didn't want to discover about ourselves. I think that's been one of my biggest things was like, yeah. whoa, okay, that I just took time. And now that came up. Mm. Whoa, okay. What am I going to do with that? Am I going to push it back down? Or are we going to Really, dive in and process. And luckily, I've, you know, been able to process more than I shove back down. But it's always sometimes easier to just shove that back down and push through, although, like you said, that's not sustainable because then eventually, for all of us, it's just a matter of time we're going to see that burnout or even break down completely mm-hmm. to where our body is like, we're done, game over, you know here's your autoimmune disease, or Mm -hmm. here's, you know, your, um, breakup with a really important person in your life because you just couldn't keep all the balls in the air.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love
2: what you mentioned about, um, kind of that fear of what am I going to uncover here? Right. And you know, I think that's why it's so important to have, you know, people like you, you guys, and providers that are able to be present there with you for that. And sometimes it is about like, okay, I, we don't have the capacity to deal with this right now. That's okay. Let's put it on the shelf and we're going to come back to it. Um, or sometimes it's like, okay, no, this is something that really needs my attention. And, and how do I process through that? Who do I need to help me with that um, or to hold space for that? So yes, yeah, I think um, saying that so that people understand that their support there is so important uh, instead of like, yeah, I'm not going there because that's not that doesn't sound good because I'm, you know, yeah, sorry. Um, Because, you know, that piece, especially when we think of like whole health is it's really powerful, even if it's not like the complete digging into it, but just the recognition of, I will get to this at some point, whether it's an hour later, still can be such a shift.
0: Absolutely. And I know, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, the antidote to burnout is self-care and it's bubble baths and mani-pedis and all of that. And the reality is, well, sure. Part of the antidote is self-care, but what if our self-care, it's not always the comfortable stuff, right? Sometimes it's, it's looking at the really uncomfortable stuff and questioning how we're living. If we're listening to what our body needs, if we're actually living in alignment with those values that you mentioned earlier and you know that that can be one of the most powerful things i think along with this sense of you know of course having a community a support network but really redefining what, what self care actually means and acknowledging it's it's not always a fun light process sometimes you have to work through the the heavy difficult stuff uh to to really be able to care for yourself and and prevent this, this whole burnout cycle from being a a repetitive part of your, your life, which as, as someone who also has experienced burnout once before,
2: not somewhere I ever want to go again. So
0: I think anyone who's been there would would agree with that.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Yes. I love the, the talk, um, the deep talk that we're having about self-care now. And, um, really shifting it into no what is your self care like yes it could be a bath but it also could be um what sort of resources do i need that i'm not getting right like um you know i think there's so much depth in the self care talk and i love to see that you know that that is changing a bit um not to like you know poo-poo, um, baths. Cause I'm i I'm a frequent bath. We all person, love a, We bath. all love a bubble bath here, <laughs> <laughs> but also to know like, yeah, there's, there's different gradients of like what I need. And, um, depending on where we are in relation to burnout or in relation to like, you know, just being wiped out, sometimes it's going to look completely different on one day versus the other.
1: So Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about what you have going on your programs, your new clinic? Congratulations. Um, Yeah. And let us know how our audience can get in touch with you, follow you all the, all the good things. Yes. So I'm one month
2: into starting my own clinic, which has been so amazing. Learned so much. Um, I'm still learning and You know, my clinic is, it's an integrative and functional hormonal health clinic for women. It it looks completely different than conventional medicine, you know, and that's really, it's by design, right? You know, I I took everything, like I said earlier that I learned and, and try to put this in to my programs that I offer there in a way that's really helpful and resourceful for women. And so. I have a well-being program. It's called Wild Well Being, where Wild is wholeness is life's design, and the program is really it's for women who are wanting to support overall well-being. Hormonal health is always discussed and and uh, and a major tenant, but we're also looking at like how do we support how do we support your your overall well-being. We no one wants to go back to burnout. No one wants to um experiencing experience that. So in the program, we talk about the tenants and the foundation pieces of wild well-being. Um and also it includes, you know, one-on-one visits with me, with my health coaches, uh, with a functional nutritionist. Um and I also have some hormonal, a hormonal program for people that are wanting to kind of dip their toes into, um, like, let's explore, let's, let's figure out what's going on with my hormones right now and, and what I could use to support myself at this season of life. Right. Um, and best way to find me probably is on Instagram, Kristen Markell, MD, uh, or my website, same Kristen Markell, MD, um, dot com and uh, I love to chat with people probably a little bit too much which is helpful because I have longer visits but <laughs> um you know I really really am so excited about you know the programs and the clinic and um, just being able to support women in their overall health and well-being it just really excites me. Well, that sounds amazing. And it sounds like
0: a beautiful place where women can go to feel seen, feel heard, and really get this beautiful integrative approach to to their health and and just being humans here on this planet. So congratulations. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes. Uh, Kristen, we have one last question for you. And that is, if you could turn around to a past younger version of yourself, What is one tip or piece of advice you'd love to say to her?
2: I would say, and it's interesting because it came up earlier when we were talking, um, trust the pause, trust the pause. Um, I think it really goes back to trusting yourself and, um, I'm someone who loves to sleep on things, right? Like, because I can get really excited about things like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and I know that if I give myself a little bit of space, a little pause to, uh, integrate to take things in, then that's always going to lead me to the decisions that are the most helpful. So I would tell myself to just trust that pause, take that pause. (laughs) And, um, you know, I think that that just lends itself to reminding people to trust themselves.
1: Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of those gems. We are so happy that we got to have you on our show and, um, yeah, we can't wait to share you with our world. Thank you. Thank y'all you so much for having me. This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It should not be considered medical advice and or treatment. Although we are both doctors, we are not medical doctors or your medical doctor. What has been discussed should not take the place of your personal medical professional's advice, treatment, diagnosis, or care. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please take the time to subscribe, share, Rate
0: and review. And we'd love if you would follow us over on Instagram. Our handles are at dr.loradecessoris and at Dr. Nicole Marcioni. Or you can just click on the links in our show notes.